episode 175, bonus edition, interview with Amber Harper. Hi, I'm Amber Harper, host of the Burned In Teacher Podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the podcast you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Be sure to check out our other podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, hey, elite educators. This is Gretchen from Always a Lesson here to empower you to reach your potential. I'm so glad you're tuning in to this specific episode. I know there is tons of value here to help you hone your craft and save your career. Today, we have an elite educator joining us named Amber Harper, who's not only going to help you reignite your passion and potential, but her empowering message is one you'll never forget. So that name might sound familiar to you if you've been reading my blog. I recently put out a post called How Burnout Saved My Educator Spirit. And in it, I talked about how the Always a Lesson brand and the Burned In Teacher brand came together to create a mini series on the podcast called the Always a Burned In Lesson mini series. In this three part series, we first discussed PLN's professional learning networks followed by our multiple seasons of burnout. Then we ended with heroes and lifelong learning. So if you missed any of those podcast episodes on the Burned In Teacher podcast, don't worry, because like I said, I wrote everything in one easy to find place on my blog about how burnout saved my educator spirit. You can hear the podcast episodes that Amber put together the blog posts that she wrote in addition to the podcast episode, any videos that I created around the topics for her Facebook group, and anything else burnout related is there for you to check out. Let me share a little bit more about her with you. She is a Google certified educator, trainer, and innovator, as well as a Seesaw ambassador. She's also the founder of burnedinteacher.com and creator of Burned In Ed Tech Consulting and Teacher Coaching, where she has joined her two loves in her career, her love of ed tech and innovation in the classroom with her obsession for helping educators who are struggling to find their own passions within the education profession. As a former public elementary school teacher, Amber promotes the use of technology as a tool for transformation in the classroom and is obsessed with helping teachers take themselves from burned out to burned in. She specializes in technology integration in the classroom and in supporting educators who are struggling to decide what their next best step is in their educational journey. I am most excited to have Amber on the podcast because she is just like you. She's an elite educator who is tuning in to the Empowering Educators podcast every week, learning from me and all my mishaps (laughs) and applying it to her everyday life in and out of the classroom and at home with her family. 
You will hear more in this specific episode of how our two paths have come together and actually joined to be an incredible force. But I am honored to introduce to you my business buddy turned bestie, Amber Harper. Hey, Hey, girl. Hey. You ready to do this? Yeah, man. Okay. Can you hear me okay? (laughs) I'm only laughing because you got like so close to the mic. It was like like an old grandma move like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? (laughs) All right. I'm ready. Are you ready? Yep. I'm ready. Hey, Amber. Thanks so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here on your podcast. <laughs> I know. We'll have to catch everybody up on um, how we've been working together. But elite educators around the world are just really eager to hear from you. So I'm going to be quiet and get right to the amazing content of our show today. Awesome. Sounds good. So let's back up. Let's say, okay, how did you and I start this relationship? How did our paths okay. cross? Oh, I'm so excited to share our story if they haven't already heard it on my podcast. So you and I were connected through a mutual friend, a virtual friend, really, Corey Knight, a few months ago. Hey, Uh, Corey. Hey, hey, Corey. (laughs) Uh, He was on my podcast not too long ago. Uh, His episode will air soon. He reached out to me via Twitter and said, hey, I've been reading your content and it sounds so much like... Uh, this great woman named Gretchen Bridgers from Always a Lesson Podcast. You two should should chat. You have similar uh, passions. You have similar lanes as far as serving teachers. And so I did. I reached out to you on Twitter and just uh, asked if you'd like to chat about uh, our love of education and teachers. And you asked if I was on Voxer and I was. So you and I chatted back and forth on Voxer for a while and realized we have a lot more in common than just our love for education. So I feel like we've become really great friends and (laughs) You've become my mentor oh, <laughs> in the world of podcasting and education. And um, and then I introduced you to this amazing app called Marco Polo. Oh, my God. I is, love Marco Polo. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> mm-hmm. So basically, it's Voxer, but it's a video walkie-talkie. So um, so you and I chat almost every day. Yeah, a couple um, times about, a Yeah, about all things uh, family. We're both moms. We're both wives and uh, busy working uh, edupreneurs. And so I just so, so appreciate you and your friendship and mentorship. Yeah, I think what's awesome, and we talked about this on your podcast about how it's so important to build your PLN and don't be nervous about reaching out to a random person you look up to because, I mean, you never know where the connection's going to go. I would have never been able to partner with Amber in the ways that I have had she not said like, hey, this is kind of weird, but, you know, kind of introduction. And I loved it. exactly what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I highly encourage anyone listening, like if there's someone on social media you look up to or there's something that they do well you want to learn, like just jump Jump in with the question and teachers love helping each other. So they're going to love the connection with you. So please don't hold back at all. But you brought up. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say whenever I have somebody that I want to reach out to to either ask a simple question or uh, to seek advice from from somebody who I consider to be um, ahead of me in a certain area or someone that I feel would be a lot wiser than than I am in a certain topic. Um 
all they can say is no. So that's just kind of my philosophy as far as reaching out to people that don't know me um, is that all if you ask, the worst thing that can happen is they can say not right now or no. Right. So and I really that has happened very, very rarely. Um, and I can if, attest to that because she'll mm-hmm. mark on me and say like, oh, my God, you won't believe who responded to me. <laughs> and it's like, you're right. If we don't just take that step, you never know. It's so true. So true. It's the only way we can grow. So you brought up an edupreneur and kind of that journey. So tell us what is your current position in the educational field? Sure. Um, I do several things. I Right now, my title is Google Trainer and Innovator and Educational Technology Consultant. So, uh, and teacher coach, I should add. Um, so with that comes several different pieces that come together in this puzzle. So, um, first and foremost, right now I do educational technology consulting for schools in my local area here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And with that, I do Google training. I teach teachers how to use Google apps for education or Google tools or G Suite for EDU, whatever you call it. It's the same thing. Um, So I teach teachers how to use that to help themselves to be more efficient with their time and productivity, which we all know is a big, hot topic, Um, but also how to use those tools to help students to be more engaged in their classroom and help them to break down their classroom walls and move up that ladder of SAMR that so many of us, you know, look at as a guide to how we're using that technology in our classroom. Yeah. And you but, actually have something exciting coming up, but we, I want to hold it I do. Until, I until do. a little bit later. Um, but yeah. what I love about all of these jobs is that they all serve teachers and you have found technology to be the way to help teachers. And if someone's listening, thinking, well, tech isn't my thing. Well, great teaching is your thing probably. So find one way to really upgrade your teaching. And this would be one way. So if you definitely have questions about all things tech, how could they reach you? Um, You can go to burnedinteacher.com and all of my contact information is there. You can also reach me on several different social media platforms, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, all at burnedinteacher, one word. And uh, you can also email me at burnedinteacher at gmail.com. Um, And I'm happy to answer any possible questions that you have about educational technology. And I should also add, Gretchen, that I have a lot of teachers that come to me and say, well, I'm just not techie. Well, Mm -hmm. at one point, you just weren't teaching either. So (laughs) it's just, (laughs) and you know, that's a big bear as well to to learn how to do that um, in a way that engages students and, and yourself as well. So, you know, all I ask teachers to do is just try one thing, just take one small step, you know, and I, if you've heard the quote, you know, a journey of a thousand miles starts with one small step. I mean, that's all it takes. And I think teachers are really surprised at how using Google tools or any ed tech tool can really help you to be more efficient with your time, which is something that we all need. And so that's something that I really emphasize when I'm doing trainings and workshops with schools and teachers is, hey, you can use this tool, not just for your students, but use it selfishly to help you to get this done quicker. So when you were in the classroom and tell us that journey too, but Mm -hmm. were you someone that used a lot of technology or you kind of found this after? I did. And, you know, there are several hot topics right now in the ed tech world that I used to do that I didn't even realize 
I was doing them until I kind of have reflected back and like, oh, I, I was already doing that years ago and didn't even know what it was called. But mm-hmm. yeah, I taught um, in the public education uh, elementary classroom for 12 years. I taught first, second and third grade. And when I taught third grade, I taught a high ability self-contained classroom. So really, I taught fourth and fifth grade right. um, and beyond, depending on the student's abilities. And I have a strong passion for that because my daughter is a high ability student. And I actually taught her in second grade, oh, really? uh, which was, yeah, which is a real experience. But um, when Google Apps for Education came back, uh, back whenever it was called Google Docs, everything was called Google Docs back mm-hmm. then in 2007. Um, I was teaching third grade at the time. And really, uh, my team and I, we used the Google tools to help us to help us to collaborate as educators. We shared our ideas, we planned lessons and units of study. Um, we we really used that collaboration tool as a way to help us to be more efficient and work together as a team. That way we could split up all of the tasks that were needed to be uh, needing to be done in order to plan units and experiences for our kids. We had a uh, a computer cart of netbooks that we would bring into our classroom. We'd have to sign them out. Um, and now this was back in, oh my goodness, we had the netbook cart back whenever, this was 2013, um, whenever we had the netbook carts. And I had a... Uh, a project that my kids did where they got on a wiki and they would click on these links and it would take them to different places and they would use that information to complete a project, a digital project. Well, back then there was no name for it, but now it would be called a hyperdoc. Right. Because I had this document that I was sharing with them that had all of these links and videos mm-hmm. and things like that. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. So, And I wouldn't even have considered myself to be a techie person back then in 2013, 2014. But it, it was just something that I looked at as engaging. The kids loved it. They loved going to those different places and using what they learned to create, which is the reason that we give these kids these opportunities because we want them to have a chance to collaborate and create using what they're learning. Yeah. Now, you have another educator in your family, in your household. I'm sure you guys collaborate quite often. So tell us about that. I do. So my husband is a principal um, at an elementary school. But coincidentally, we were really lucky when we both started our teaching careers. We taught in the exact same school in the same district. And then when our daughter came through school, through elementary school, she was in the same building as us. So. It was really nice. And a lot of people were like, Ooh, what was that like to teach with your husband? Because this was when he was a teacher, too. And um, I said, you know, I never really saw him. He taught fourth grade. I taught first, second, third. Rarely did our paths cross. Right. Two totally Uh, different worlds. Two totally different worlds. But um, and this kind of takes me to um, my story of burnout, which I can share in a little bit if you'd like me to. Um, but what was really, it was great. It was really convenient to have all three of us in the same building, but it was also a little bit hard because we would come home and we would talk about school Mm -hmm. all day, all night. So, um, so it had its pros and cons. Um, but now, um, since I've left the classroom to become a full-time Google trainer and ed tech consultant and teacher coach, um, he is actually in a totally different corporation as an elementary school principal. And so what is that like when you're married to a principal? We all kind of have our conceived Mm -hmm. notions of, uh, you know, what they do after hours or how hard they're working or, or what we feel like sometimes we as teachers are the ones burning the midnight oil, but, 
I know mm-hmm. from our conversations, he's had some late nights and stressful nights too. Yeah. So uh, ironically, tonight he just got home uh, from a music program. And when he was um, a high school assistant principal for a few years, he had even more late nights than he does now as an elementary school principal. But I will tell you, it has been an eye opener to be married to a teacher gone principal because you do. You have this assumption as a teacher. Well, they don't know what it's like, how hard it is to be a teacher because they're not in here. They're not in the trenches in the classroom every day. But from what my husband tells me when he comes home, the things that he has to do to serve his students at his school are heartbreaking. Um, he, you know, his students that come to his office, they are in need of so much support and there are so many teachers. And I know this from experience myself, so many teachers that need support and he is, he's in his office and he has just as much paperwork, if not more to do than us teachers, trust me. And just like us teachers, you know, his, his time gets interrupted so he can help to serve his teachers and his students in the best possible way that he can. And in a lot of ways, it is just as much um, on his shoulders, if not more sometimes than, than what I had to deal with as a teacher in terms of supporting those troubled students and, and parents too. I mean, he's got a whole school of parents to support as well. So it's just, it's a lot. Um, and he loves it. He, he really has no intention of leaving, you know, being a principal for quite a long time. Um, he loves interacting with his teachers and his students so, so much. And he's very, very good at what he does. So, uh, but it is, it is great perspective for sure. And I will say too, the things that he talks about and he doesn't, you know, talk ill of his teachers, but he will talk about certain situations at school and, and it makes me very, very reflective of my practice Mm -hmm. because the last thing that I would want to do as a teacher is to create worry amongst my administrator. So it's funny that you mentioned it's eye-opening because I got to shadow my principal for a day. And so we sat down kind of like a pre-observation. And I was like, so what am I going to see you do tomorrow? And she's like, okay, this is my list. I do this every night. Like I want to bam, bam, bam. She even had times written down. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like this is what I wanted to see because she knew I was wanting to be a principal. And Mm -hmm. within the first five minutes, it all, it all, like blew up because a parent Mm -hmm. came in then we had a fire drill and then something else was crazy and the phones were ringing and it was like lunchtime and we hadn't done a single thing that she needed to do and all the tasks were aligned to her job like she had Mm -hmm. to make sure she saw certain teachers she had to get this purchase order out for curriculum materials like all the things i wanted to see and it was like this is what happens to you and she looks at me and goes every day. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't do this. Like I would be so <laughs> frustrated. Mm-hmm. I just want to shut my door and be like, let me do my job. I was like, Absolutely. oh shoot, that's how I feel as a classroom teacher. Well, that's what I was just going to say. That sounds familiar, right? Because that's like a day in the life of a teacher some days. I mean, you just have to take a deep breath when that fire alarm goes off and you're in the middle of an excellent, lesson, ex- excellently executed lesson. Mm-hmm. And you just have to say, this is just what it is, you know, and you just jump right back in. But yeah, that happens a lot, you know, so I think it would be, I think it was unfair of me to make that assumption. And, and I do talk about that a lot um, at Burned In Teacher about making sure that you allow time to understand 
those who are around you and build relationships with them because it's really easy to make assumptions that your job is harder than everybody else's or that, you know, this thing happens only to you and you would be the only one that would understand and because it's really not true. And especially when we're in those four walls of our classroom so much, it's it's easy to assume that everybody else is either dealing with the same thing that we are or they're not dealing with the same struggles that we are. Yeah. And we can even get in our own head and say like, well, they don't know me. They don't know what I'm going through, but it's the same as true. Do you know what everyone else is going through and what they're facing? And so I like that you said, build the relationship and then you know how to support one another. Mm -hmm. So speaking of support, you have worked a lot in, in different ways with teachers. So in thinking about like one amazing best lesson you've learned in one of your roles, what would you say that is? Mm. So it's funny. Um, so I unintentionally, my role as an ed tech consultant and Google trainer has led me to know that teachers are so willing to seek out support, even from a perfect stranger like me when I'm leading a workshop to talk about their struggles and what it is that's really holding them back from what they feel would be their best teaching life or their best life in general. Um, so that's been really uh, really enlightening to me, um, not just as a an ed tech consultant, but as a teacher coach as well. So I was leading a workshop one day and uh, a teacher came to me and he said, hey, I'm not burned out yet, but I want to know what I should look for so that if I do become burned out, that I know the signs to look for. And that was eye opening to me because I had never I had never thought that being an ed tech consultant or, you know, working with Google tools that teachers would come to me and be that open, uh, right. you know, about just looking out for those signs and wanting to kind of take preemptive steps mm -hmm. to avoid them. So I really think that teachers are very, very well intentioned about what it is that they do and they don't want to be burned out and they don't want to be miserable. You know, they want to do an excellent job and serve students and and then go home and be great moms and uh, and daughters and friends and husbands, you know. So I think that's one thing that really opened my eyes is the way that I serve teachers, even though it's not um, for burnout, even though I'm not there to maybe serve them uh, for that uh, avoiding of burnout they still want to learn the tools necessary to either look for it or to avoid it. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, like you said, you, you're you like shocked. Like, wait a minute, I'm here to talk about technology. And here we are mm -hmm. talking about your passion, which is to keep great teachers in the classroom and keep them burned in instead of burned out. Uh, yeah. And I love their honesty. And that goes to show how approachable you are that, you know, some stranger was willing to just be like, so, hey, uh, what do I need to do <laughs> to avoid yeah. this? And speaking of that, when you think about all these teachers and, and you can kind of pick out the ones that are just really great, what mm -hmm. characteristics do you notice in them? Oh, my gosh. They're, people are so different and strong in different ways. So I don't think there's one great answer for this question. That's true. But I, but I think what would make any teacher the greatest teacher they could possibly be is their um, coachability and their ability to be vulnerable, not just with their, not just with their students, but also with their peers and their administrators to be able to, you know, 
assess a situation and say, this isn't going the way that I hoped, whether it's academic or relationship wise, to be able to face that situation with vulnerability and say, can you help me to understand what you meant in the meeting when you said this? Or even with a student, can you help me understand why you talked to me the way that you did? Or mm. can you help me understand this situation? You know, with a coworker, let's say a coworker says something kind of snarky or uh, maybe you felt belittled by them, but rather than just making an assumption that they dislike you or disrespect you or that they don't appreciate all that you're doing. And this could be, of course, with parents too, Instead of making those assumptions, having the maybe the backbone to say, hey, I really want to make this work. Can you help me to understand uh, what you meant or what I can do better? Because uh, and it's funny, I got to see Gary Brooks speak this past summer. Oh, wow. You may also know him as Jerry Brooks. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> so he makes fun of his parents because he, they spelled it like Jerry and it's actually Gary. Um, he is hilarious. He, said, he is hilarious. He had such a great message, though. And one of his points of his keynote was whether you like it or not, there's somebody in your building that's better than you at something. And I, for one, have always believed that. And I am real almost... I am over vulnerable sometimes because I want people's feedback and I want their raw, honest feedback. And you know that because I ask you all the time, mm -hmm. tell me, be honest, what can I do better? And, you know, and, but that doesn't come easy to, to everybody, but to continue to want to learn and be better and do better. And I'll have to go, I have to throw in a Maya Angelou quote, you know, when you know better, you do better. Yes. And, that isn't always, unfortunately, everybody's mantra like it is mine. Um, but I think the best teachers that I have met have been people that unapologetically just want to learn and just want to know and want to try things. And I say want to try things, break things, make a mess and then put it all back together Um but I, you know, I don't think they have to be a complete extrovert. I don't think they have to be, um, I don't think they have to do magic tricks and dance in front of their class. I don't think they have to do those things, but they just have to be willing to build relationships, get vulnerable and continue to learn and do better. That's awesome. And in thinking about this specific podcast, we have a bunch of teachers listening. We've got some new teachers, some in transition, some in distress and teacher leaders. So if you had to pick one group of those teachers to speak to right now, who would it be and what piece of advice would you give them? Mm. I have a huge passion and a huge heart for teachers who are in distress I for all of those. I knew you, <laughs> you knew that I would pick them. Um, I, I think and distress is such a huge umbrella because everybody's story is so, so different for why they are in distress. You know, some teachers have gone through traumatic situations in their life or they just didn't have a great mentor. They've never felt included. Um, they have never been taught productivity and time management skills or maybe they taught while single for 10 years and now they're married and have a baby and it's hard to find that balance. And, you know, there are so many different reasons for being in distress. And I have to go back to, you know, the, the name of my website and what it is that I'm just so, so passionate about and why I do what I do is you are the one who 
is in control. And I know it may not feel like it, especially if you're working for an administrator who you have not built a relationship with and you feel like they don't care or you your class of students is just not responsive and not engaged. You have to, first of all, realize that you are in control of that. And that doesn't mean that it's your fault. Um, this isn't a blame game. But it's kind of empowering to hear that as well, that you are the boss and the creator of your future. I just said it this past week. And if you don't know how to do something, whether it be build a relationship with your administrator or use technology or um, set up great classroom management and procedures, just like Gary Brooks said, there's somebody in your building who does those things better. So get vulnerable and ask questions and try things. And if you can't find anybody in your building, and maybe that's one reason you're in distress, you can't find the support that you need right around you. There are so many willing and <laughs> absolutely incredible teachers online that you can reach out to or in other school districts. Um, and all it takes again, and you have to circle back around to what we started talking about that you just have to ask. Um, and I, I know, like I said, for different reasons, teachers are in distress. So please don't take me as assuming that your situation is easy enough to just ask. But it does take first beginning where you are and understanding that you are in control. Yes, ma'am. So mm -hmm. you've been in a position yourself where you might be looking for some guidance, just like those teachers might also be. So who is your current mentor when, when you feel those moments of needing help? Mm, oh, my goodness. So I actually uh, wrote a blog post about this. And you and I talked about this on our uh, podcast together or on our episodes together. I I know some people like you, uh, you are lucky enough to have your dad who mm -hmm. mentors you in so many different ways and you classify him as your hero. Um, for me and my journey, I look to different people for different types of situations. Uh, so Definitely with uh, parenting, cooking, uh, you know, just those everyday types of issues that we go through, um, questions about I, different things in my personal life. I definitely contact my mother-in-law. We have a really good relationship. And of course, my husband, my husband is a rock star parent. And I, I look to him for, for advice on how to handle things with our daughters. Mm -hmm. um, but education-wise, I have, oh my goodness, so many different people that I'm so lucky to have in my life uh, that I can go to. And number one right now is is you, Gretchen Bridgers. I so appreciate you. Um, just as another edupreneur to, that I can come to and be vulnerable and ask tons of questions. Um, in the world of ed tech, uh, any questions I have lately, uh, I have been so lucky to be Marco Poloing a lot lately with my education ed tech hero, Matt Miller from Ditch That Textbook. Um, he and I recently have connected and he's been giving me all sorts of great advice and, uh, another great mentor that I've had in terms of building a business is, uh, Kim Strobel mm -hmm. from Strobel education. She is just such a wealth of knowledge. Um, and then of course I have lots of teaching mentors. Uh, my very, very best friend, Rachel Givens, she's a fifth grade teacher here in Indiana. She's, you know, in the trenches every day and she and I talk almost every day about education and teaching and she asks me for advice. And then there are times where I'm like, Hey, what would you do in this situation? And I just, I have, I'm so, so 
lucky and so grateful to have such a huge bag of teachers to just, you know, dip my hand into and, <laughs> and ask for their advice. Um, but that didn't happen by accident either. I'm glad it you happened, said that. It happened because I reached out and, and I know that I am not uh, the best at everything. I, I'm far from that. And I know that I have to ask those people who are wiser and have been at it longer than me. And I did the same thing as a teacher um, when I was teaching, especially my first few formative years in education. I was not afraid to ask questions and um, even say, hey, can I steal this? Can I borrow that? I've always said teachers are the best thieves. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And I, I heard that quote, oh my gosh, so many years ago, like when I was first teaching, maybe even in college, and I just latched onto that. I was like, hey, if this is looked upon as okay, then I'm doing it. So <laughs> I just, I always look for something that somebody is doing that it just seems to be going well or helps them with classroom management. And I just say, hey, what are you doing? Because I want to do that too. Yes. And I'm glad you were specific about what you're saying, because I don't mm -hmm. think you can just reach out to like your edu idols or anyone that you think's amazing. You want to get to know and just be like, hey, <laughs> like you actually mm -hmm. have to have a purposeful interaction. And so you yeah. are very specific with who you reach out to and what you're reaching out for. So it's, mm -hmm. this person is great at X and I'm going to ask them why. And that way they can come back with a clear answer. And if you guys seem to have a lot in common, then it kind of grows to something more. And like, as you mentioned, a lot of these people have now become your friends, but that's taken a long time of mm -hmm. professional back and forth, trying to learn from one another. And, and then they get to know your passion and your drive and that you apply. That's one thing that always stood out to me about you is you apply what you're learning immediately. Like you ask mm -hmm. it once and then you go and do your, I know you feel like you don't execute as much as you want to, but you do. And you're willing, Thank to, you. you're willing to give it a try. And so I would suggest to anyone out there, like, don't just reach out to somebody and expect them to take the reins. They need to know what it is you notice in them that you want to have too, and ask them how to do that. And if they may not have time to be your mentor or talk to you every day or, you know, show it to you personally, but they can point you in some sort of direction to help you. Mm -hmm. So two things about that, Gretchen. Number one, I am a now or never type of person. Um, something that always frustrated me when I was in the classroom is there was clearly something that needed to change, either about curriculum or a certain procedure. And it would be suggested that they do something to change it. And it could be October or it could be April. And some teachers always had this idea of, well, I'll try that next year. Right. Well, if you say that now and it's October, you are now giving up the rest of those months of school to possibly impact your teaching and your day and those students' lives just for the sake of not wanting to try it now. And that's, I'm not trying to pass judgment on, on teachers who have said that in the past or that say it now, but there's no better time than now. And if something needs to be changed, there's no sense in holding off. The other thing too is that if the person that I've asked for advice on something, if they don't know the answer, they typically know somebody who does yes. and they can point me in the right direction, which happens quite a bit. And now not only have I, I you know, showed them vulnerability and, and interest in what it is that they are doing or a question that I've asked, but now I've made two new friends. I always, right. <laughs> you just multiplied. I always, 
I did. And I always look at my vulnerability and my, my asking for support or advice or an answer to a simple question. I always look at, oh my gosh, I get to, I get to talk to this person. I get to get to know them a little bit better and know their strengths. And it just, it's just better for me if they don't know the answer and they point me in the direction of someone else. Now I get to know somebody else and make a new connection. And for me, the more connections, the better, because we really are all in this together. And, you know, we're, we're in, the profession of creating our future. And so I just, I look at that as a huge opportunity to use every single trick and tool that we can possibly fit into our tool belt. And the more tool belts, the more tools we have. That's right. I mean, we are constantly learning and growing. And I know one of the ways you do that is, you know, meeting and chatting with all these other amazing people. Is there Mm -hmm. any other way that you stay current on what's happening in our field and just making sure you're doing best practices that are the latest and greatest? Absolutely. So I'm huge into Twitter. Um, I am always scrolling through and seeing the latest and greatest things that teachers are using out there. And I share them with teachers that I work with as well. And I should also mention that I'm lucky enough to be consulting with a school this coming January. And I cannot tell you how excited I am to get back into the classroom. I left the classroom after 12 years this past May. And I am stunned by how loud the silence is when mm. I'm at home working and building content and building my workshops and things like that. I miss the sounds of little voices so so much. Yeah. So, um, so I'm really excited to use a lot of the things that I used in my class and that I have seen um, some of my mentors and my innovator friends use in their classes as well. Um, but I love, love, love podcasts. And shocker, I uh, <laughs> well, that's what inspired really the Burned In Teacher podcast. Was um, I just I love th- there's so much value in hearing the stories of educators and you know other professions and not just hearing their stories but the tools that they use to uh, in their journey, whatever journey they're on. So I love listening to podcasts about administration and of course, Google tools and teaching in general. And just, uh, I'm a huge fan of Angela Watson. She, she has great advice for teachers in distress as well. Um, with classroom management and things like that. I listen to your podcast every time it comes out. Um, Jennifer Gonzalez, uh, cult of pedagogy. I also love the Google teacher tribe with Casey Bell and Matt Miller. So that's the Google side of things. Um, I mean, I just get so much inspiration from all of these wonderful, um, not just edupreneurs, but edupodcasters and teachers as well. Um, They just have so much value to add to my life as an educator. Yeah. And if you guys are listening and you haven't visited edupodcastnetwork.com, you will find tons of amazing education podcasts there. And Amber's going to be joining us as part of the tribe. I'm super excited. I'm glad you brought up Twitter, though, because I know a lot of teachers are like, ugh, Twitter, like, what the heck is it? Because it isn't cutesy images, which is what a lot of Instagram is and what Facebook started to be. And I think that's where a lot of people started with their social media presence. And Twitter is like, they just can't get into it or they think it's way too professional. And when you're professional all day, the last thing you want to do is, like, get on a social media site that's professional. But... Mm -hmm. I am so in love with Twitter chats because that's where I find my people. Like at mm-hmm. school, I've got friends and everything, but I never really found people that were on fire for education the way I was and who like loved it and dreamed it and read books about it and went to conferences for fun and stuff like that. Like I, a teacher mm-hmm. nerd kind of thing. And yeah. that's where I found my tribe. Like these people, 
are always wanting to try new things. And I would have never known they were out there had I never gotten on Twitter. And it doesn't have to be like this white wall, like stuck up people type of thing is what, you know, you might think Twitter Mm -hmm. is. I mean, it's just the most helpful, nicest people who have such great ideas. And you were mentioning, you know, rob and steal them. I mean, they're willing Mm -hmm. to give you the recipe to do it. So that's a great place to be vulnerable. And in a lot of cases, they will share their template with you. Yeah. Either when you ask or without asking. They, people are just so willing to share their ideas. They have that whole idea of the open resource um, environment, you know, with just giving out. Um, teachers give teachers. I know the uh, the hyperdocs ladies say quite a bit. So, um Yeah, I just, and what I love about it too with the Twitter chats is it, let's be honest here, I cannot stay up past nine (laughs) typically. (laughs) And a lot of Twitter chats happen in the evening. But what's great is if you just look up the hashtag, you can see the entire Twitter chat. Um, And you introduced me to this idea of lurking, um, which is just watching as a Twitter chat is happening. I think that's great. Um, But gosh, you know what's awesome too is just, asking you a question, just sending it out there. Yep. And so many people are so willing to support you and lead you in the right directions. Perfect strangers um, will answer your questions and lead you in a direction that you never thought was possible in some cases. Yeah. If you just Google Twitter chats, they'll tell you what days and times that the chats are on and they'll tell you the hashtag. So like Amber said, if you can't make a certain time, you can still use that hashtag and respond to the questions or shout out a question you had about the topic they were discussing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just a very open group who's just excited to talk with you. So please don't let it hold you back if you can't, you know, do it Mm -hmm. live or, and if you want to get on Twitter and you're just like, I don't know what the heck to do. You have two people, Amber and I will be glad to respond to you. So make sure you tag us and we'll leave all that in the show notes and, and we'll chat it up with you on Twitter. Absolutely. So it's time to discuss all things burned in teacher. (laughs) Tell us what the heck that is, why you started it, and just what you're going to bless the world with. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. So Burned In Teacher started out as a blog. It's burnedinteacher.com. Back in 2016, when I finally found my passion after what I feel and is true that it was years of burnout, I was really unhappy, but really couldn't figure out why. And there were several reasons. It turns out as I reflect that I was going through teacher burnout myself, I was really, really sad a lot. And I had a great class. I had excellent uh, co-workers and edu friends and edu soulmates, as I call them. I loved them. I loved my students. I loved my teacher friends. But I was miserable and I couldn't figure out why. Um, So I eventually ended up leaving my first job, that uh, school that my husband and I taught at. He left to be an assistant principal and I left to do something different and it didn't work out and I ended up in a different corporation and thought that that would be a fresh start and it wasn't. I just, I couldn't find the thing that ignited me and my passion. And so finally in 2016, I went to a Google summit in uh, Franklin, Indiana and found Google and I wanted to do anything I possibly could to become a Google educator. And I thought maybe I might want to do the trainer thing. And then this thing innovator, I was like, I am not smart enough to do that. And I, it just lit me up. I wanted to learn how to use these tools with my students. I knew about how to use them as a teacher, but not as, um, not in a way that it would engage my kids and help them to create and collaborate. 
and, and use their critical thinking skills, you know, all the four C's things. And uh, gosh, the more I learned, the more I got involved in Twitter. I, oh my goodness, it just, it got me so, so excited about being a teacher again. And on the way back from this summit, I, I, I don't know why, but I just thought I've got to tell my story because I feel so different now than I did 24 hours ago when we were driving down there. Um, I was ex- I was so excited to try things with my kids. I was so excited about going to the classroom on Monday and I was exhausted because we were up really late that the night before and I just I, I could not wait to get back in the classroom. That was the first time that I had felt that in a long time. So that next day, I started uh, burnedinteacher.com and just started telling the truth about my story with burnout and what I was struggling with and what it is that I was doing about it. Um, and it was during that journey of telling my story that I I just kept getting more and more burned in, um, clearly the opposite of burned out. And I told my husband, I said, I don't know what this is going to be, but I have to continue doing this because I know that there are so many teachers out there that feel isolated and alone in their burnout and don't feel like they can talk to anybody about it. And I want to change all of that. I I want it to be a conversation um, because the only way that, that we can really climb out of burnout is number one, like I said earlier, knowing that you are in control and that you need to find the things that you're passionate about. And my gosh, from all the conversations that I have had with so many teachers, they want so many different things. They're burned out for so many different reasons. And it's unfair to assume that all burnouts are the same. Um, So I've done, I continue to blog about um, ways to uh, identify your burnout and and climb out of it. Um, But I also share people's stories on the Burned In Teacher podcast. I interview teachers who are going through burnout or who have gone through it and want to share their story of how they got out of it. And some people have taken different positions at different schools, changed grade levels, changed their mindset. Some people have left education. And quite honestly, you know, everybody's journey is different. And I can't judge anybody who has who has left, you know, they have to do what's best for them. But a lot of teachers have found that if they find that thing that ignites them and and just talking about it and feeling free to share their story has really helped them to identify the burnout and do something about it. And so you so, mentioned blog and podcasts mm-hmm. and got a Facebook group going on. And- I do. I do. So I have a face, a private uh, burned in teacher Facebook group that anybody can join as long as you're an educator. Um, it's a safe place for teachers to come together and just share their struggles offer each other advice and support when they need it. Um, I go live in there quite a bit and share different tidbits of uh, advice and support for teachers. Um, And then just this past October, I started my first Burned In Teacher small group program. And it's going so, so well. The transformation that I have seen has just been so, so inspiring. And uh, one of the teachers in the program, she actually uh, submitted a video testimonial. It's on the website. You can see it at uh, burnedinteacher.com slash BIT coaching. She shares how her her entire opinion of her career has changed just by having somebody to talk to, bounce ideas off of, hold her accountable, set some goals, really identify what she was struggling with the most, and then 
take one step at a time over that eight-week process to really take control over her situation, which is exactly what she did. Um, so there's another uh, another small group program starting on January 7th. Doors are open to register now. Um, you just go to burnedinteacher.com slash BIT coaching and um, learn more about it. You can read about all of the steps that, that we will go through and um, all everything that you will get with the program as well. What I love about it, though, is I'm all about keeping great teachers in the classroom, and this is one way to do it. Like, if you're feeling Mm -hmm. burned out, it doesn't mean you're not good at what you do, that you can't make a a long career out of this. It just means you're in a season right now where you need some clarity, you need some guidance, you need some reflection, and that's what you're going to help them do. Yeah, and it doesn't mean you're a bad person either. I used to think to myself, I, how can I be feeling this way when I have so much to be grateful for? I don't have to work in the elements. I don't, you know, I'm not outside all day in the cold. I have, I have so, so many things to be grateful for. And that was one thing that even threw me into a deeper stage of depression and burnout is what kind of person am I to be so lucky and have all of these people surrounding me that are so supportive, but I, yet I still feel this way. And, you know, that, so those are things that we talk about, too, within the group um, and the within the small group program and the, the Facebook group is, you know, taking steps to to move through those feelings. Now, I know you also mentioned, at least earlier in this podcast episode, about your work with Google. And I think you have something coming up with that launching probably just around the same time, right? It is. It's the same week. Um, I'm launching a five-month five months of five courses. Uh, It's called Google University. And you don't have to sign up for all five months, but each month will be a different Google-y course. So (laughs) for example, and they all build on one another. So, um, So month one is January and that's Google 101. So that's Google for beginners. So if you really don't understand what G Suite for education is, if you don't really understand what Google Drive is, um, that's a great place to start. Um, The next month is February, obviously, and that's um, course 205. And that one is all about taking your Googly skills to the next level. So if you know those basics, but you're you're ready to level up your usage of those basic Google tools of sheets, slides, docs, forms, that kind of stuff, I will teach you the next level things that you need to know. And they just build on each other from there. So you can register for one course one month or you can register for all five courses. They are all online. They are one hour each on Thursdays from 3.30 to 4.30 um, Eastern Standard Time through a Zoom call. And what's great about this is even if you're not on Eastern Standard Time, you can still take part in the course because the Zoom call will be recorded. And I'm teaching these courses through guess what? Google Google. Classroom. (laughs) So uh, I will upload that video and any of the templates and the Google slides that I share in that call so that you can come back to those and practice those skills for the next week when we come back together. You have a lot going on. I do. I do have a lot going on. And I'm also going to be working with that school. So I'm going to get, I'm just going to, I love it. I'm so excited about all of these different opportunities to serve teachers really hard in the next few months. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. So before I let you go, I want to ask you one more question. And that's mm-hmm. how do you reignite your passion and your potential as an educator? 
Um, one thing that I love to do in my personal life to reignite my passion as an educator, uh, because I think that's really important to have maybe not that balance, but that harmony that you talked about this week, um, is I, I exercise every morning. I love to be active. I love to take my dog on a walk, no matter how cold it is outside. Um, just really getting outside of my own head and doing something that gets my blood flowing and um, gets my head maybe out of, uh, gets my eyes off of the computer screen and gets, you know, gets me out and active in in the fresh air. Um, I also love to spend time with my family. We love to play games and uh, watch family videos. That is one of our favorite pastimes. Um, and planning for travel. I think one of the best things that you can do sometimes to be a better educator is to step away from your job as an educator. And I know that is so hard for some people to do, but it is so, so worth your time and effort to make your personal life a priority and, and realize that, you know, to be a good teacher, you need to step away and, and have a life outside of teaching. Even though we talked about being teacher nerds. <laughs> oh, totally. Well, and it's funny because, um, and my husband gives me a hard time for this. He loves to read. He grew up loving to read novels and things like that. And I read too. But I I am obsessed with learning. I Anytime I read something, I want it to be something that I can take something away from. Podcasts, I, I don't find, um, I don't find pleasure in reading or in listening to a podcast that is um, entertainment. I, I love to be able to listen to podcasts that offer me some sort of tool or trick to use in education or in my business. Um, I just, I get so ignited from learning from others. And, you know, some people might look at that as, well, then you're not really taking a break. But for me, it really is because I just, I get so, so energized by other people's knowledge. And yeah, you're modeling for those that you're helping about being a lifelong learner. So I love it. Well, what's great too is I, I love to share. I'm You probably know this, Gretchen, but I'm an over-sharer. And uh, <laughs> based on our conversation this morning, <laughs> I'm an over-sharer, but it's because I just, I don't want to leave anything out. I want to offer people something when they walk away from me. I want them to say, oh my gosh, I can't wait to try this thing, or I can't wait to research this place. Um, my family and I love to travel, so we love to research the places that we're going. And gosh, I just, from going to those places and traveling to share what I know about these places with people, just, that ignites me to see other people, just their eyes widen and a smile across their face and say, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. I can't wait to learn about that myself. That just lights me up. And I think that's what I love most about my job. And uh, one last thing I can leave you with too, as far as what I do is, When I look back at what I enjoyed most when I was a full-time classroom teacher, I was absolutely ignited when people came into my room and observed me, whether it was my principal, other teachers, teachers from other schools. Um, When I was asked to share something that I was doing in in my instruction or with my students or a project when people were like, Hey, can we come in and watch you teach this lesson? I was like, heck yes, you can pull up a chair and hang out. And it wasn't because I loved showing off. It was because I loved teaching teachers. And I really wish that I would have identified that about myself earlier on, because although I knew that staying in the classroom was not something that I I planned on doing my entire career, what was really burning me out is I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I kept waiting for something to happen to me and for that decision to be made for me. And that's just not the way the world works typically. 
And if I would have really thought about what is it that I really enjoy outside of teaching my students because I loved it, what is it? what is it that you really enjoy? If I would have really sat and reflected, and that's another thing that's so nice about stepping back from, you know, your job as a teacher is that time to reflect on what you love most. If I would have identified that earlier, I think I would have saved myself a lot of heartache because I didn't even think that coaching was an option for me. I never even looked at it as a career opportunity. Um, So I, um, I'm just really glad that I found this. And I feel like I also wouldn't take any of my journey back because it ultimately led me to where I am. And I'm just so grateful for it. Amen on that. Well, on behalf of Elite Educators Everywhere, thank you so much for your time. Uh, You have mentioned lots of different places to connect with you. So I'll make sure we link up everything we've talked about, all the people you've mentioned, um, other websites, all your training dates and ways to sign up. All that fun stuff will be in the show notes. Um, But you heard it here first, guys. Please connect with Amber. I'm so glad you got to meet her tonight because she is just one of my favorite people who pushes me to be better as a person, as an educator, and I am so thankful for her. So now she is your friend. You've got to meet her tonight and hang out with her. So thanks again, Amber, for being on the show. Anytime. So grateful to be here, Gretchen. See you later. Bye. Wow. I was not kidding, y'all. How awesome is Amber? I mean, she is on fire for education, which is the type of elite educator I love to talk to and love to share with you. But her empowering message about recognizing what is going on in your career, learning the tips and tricks to make the changes necessary so that you can continue your impact in the classroom or in the educational field. The work she is doing with Burned In Teacher and with EdTech is life-changing for students, teachers, staff, parents, everyone involved. So I really hope that you take a moment to connect with Amber. I will put everything we talk about in the show notes. Just go to alwayslesson.com, click on podcast. You'll find the episode there and you'll find all the links to chat with her, learn from her, learn with her, alongside her. Any opportunity that she has for you to gain value, gain insight, gain perspective, gain empowerment. I want you to make sure you do it. She's an amazing educator, an amazing friend, and I am so glad that she took the time to hang with us today. So Amber, if you're listening, I know you are. Thank you so much. I love you dearly. I cannot wait to watch your work unfold with the elite educators listening here. All right, that's a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Amber Harper of Burned In Teacher. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered.